this is Miss Malini. I'm uh, the founder of Miss Malini Entertainment and co-founder of Good Creator Co. And I'm really happy to be back on the air with another episode of The Good Creator Show. And today I have a very special guest with me here today to talk about everything that we need to know about becoming the creator of your dream. So thank you so much, Viraj Seth, for being here. You're the co-founder of Monk Entertainment. And I have watched yours and Ranveer's journey unfold with so much pride. And me and Ranveer talk about this all the time, about uh, what an industry it's become. But I'd love to know first a little bit about your background. How did you even get into this? How did you meet Ranveer? How did you start Monk Entertainment? Tell me everything. So um, my background is in engineering uh, okay. and like every engineer, I've done nothing in engineering after pursuing it. Um, most of the engineers I know are doing something in media or something else, right? So that's where I met Ranveer as well. Ranveer is like two years my senior from the same college. So there's a very interesting story to this. Um, Ranveer was this really popular kid in college always, right? Super yeah. bulky. Yeah. You could spot him from a mile away. <clears throat> And I was this fresher just entering college and I knew that, okay, if I need clout in college, this is the guy I need to befriend, right? So, <laughs> so it was fresher's day yeah. for us in college and I was just fresh off of a heartbreak and I was like, okay, I need to put myself out there. I'm going to do every big event out there, oh, wow. be this extrovert, even though I'm a very introverted guy. Yeah. Um, so I went for Mr. Freshers, made a complete fool of myself, but Ranveer was the host for the event. Um, and I met him backstage after that. Um, there was a small hiccup that happened. I tried approaching him. And when I did that, I was a little nervous. Yeah. Um, so I ended up spelling some uh, dal on one of his friends. <laughs> and Ranveer was a little like put off and he was like, what the fuck, dude, watch out. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, I got a little scared, but that's the start of our friendship. That's how, you know, we started, we were introduced to each other. Yeah. And then we did a little work together. We, we did some internships together. Uh, we realized that there's a good working relationship. We sold some courses during college. Stock market was really the talk of the town because Wolf of Wall Street had just released back then. This right. is, I think, 2014 or something. And that's how we just we met. This was like... I think it's incredible. I feel like all the engineers somehow have all these crazy, awesome stories <laughs> and you guys end up doing this amazing stuff. So this show is really something I wanted to unpack um, for creators and for brands alike because I think the big, I'm sure you've experienced this too, as creative people, the big fight is always creative versus sales, right? Like how do I not sell out and how do I be true to myself? And I'm kind of a... I guess a dinosaur in this industry because I've been doing this for 14 years and I've seen You're a legend in the industry, let's put it like that. It's been such an interesting sort of adventure to watch and see. But I think the one thing I'd really love to understand from you and maybe something that's really going to help creators out there is how do they, one, um, stand out and how do you become uh, a creator of worth today that you know that you can make money doing this? Because it's now the dream. When I moved to Bombay, I wanted to be a VJ. That was the cool job right, back then. Yeah. Now it's become a content creator. But what is it, the, you know, for the, you know, the creator that's starting out and wants to do this for a living, what's that first piece of advice you would give them? There's a lot of advice <laughs> I'd like to give to start with. But I mean, the first piece of advice would just be do what you like doing to begin with, right? Because if you're just going to start following a trend and trying to follow the algorithm and be, in a sense, a victim of it, you're going to exhaust yourself really soon. Yes, it is the absolute truth that you will eventually have to start doing things that are in alignment with the with the algorithm but don't start with it absolutely you will have to have some core which is why 
creators these days they um, have thousands of followers right i i know a few creators have 400 500k followers but they have absolutely no genre yeah so when they start exhausting my first question to them is okay give me three genres that you relate yourself with like okay what is it fashion beauty fitness um it could be comedy it could and be nowadays anything. anything there's doctors lawyers the works yeah. exactly so what is your genre so identify your core genre to start with and only then lay your foundation basis that then you're doing your trend videos once in a while that's okay but without the core of it all you're just going to be super lost you you won't know what you're doing you will have a sense of a lost identity in a I think I think the struggle I've seen mostly also with creators is see when I started out this wasn't even a career right so right. we were doing it for the love of it or creating content and so there's less pressure in a sense because Ooh. you don't expect to make money from it but now the whole thing is okay how do I get a brand deal immediately and you guys manage so much talent so what is it that you look for at like monk entertainment when you know you're you're assessing talent to say okay this person has it and what is the skill set you look for so there's a couple of things one is of course you need to be a video creator absolutely uh, I feel strongly that in general text content is not the future video is what is going to scale so video content um, is one thing two is if you're writing your own content mm. if you have someone writing it for you we're not in like we don't want you because you're not the content creator there mm. you already have a team in place and that's not you talking through your videos right uh, so that's a key element the third is hunger are you doing this because you actually love it or are you doing it for the free goodies yeah. and for the you know one off maldive strips that <laughs> yeah. that you will be making out of this and fourth is just like how um, versatile are you with your content can you only do short form or would you also if you're a real creator can you also make vlogs if you're a vlogging creator can you also make reels so what's the process though so someone comes up and i'm i'm sure they reach out to you or do you right. reach out to creators to find the talent how does it work it's vice versa right mm. earlier of course because we weren't uh, established enough uh, we were super young we were doing the outreach and that's how it works in any industry right you build your name first and then you get a lot of inbound um so it's it's both ways now we have creators reaching out to us as well uh, and we reach out to creators that we feel have the potential and this could be creators at 50000 followers as well so there is no cap as such in saying that i do feel like creators initially need to build things themselves uh, till it gets to a point where they can't scale it um, as a one person army right so that's what i recommend to creators strongly that initially don't sign with an agency even though that might backfire for someone like us yeah do the things yourself so that you don't get fooled by an agency or any other third party that's getting involved in your business know how to crack a deal yourself know how to make videos yourself know how to edit videos yourself and then start building a team for it where eventually you just become the talent and there's a whole team around you that can do things for you that's how you can scale i think that's so important because unless you know how to do every job one you yeah. won't know if people are doing it right and you also won't know if they're bullshitting you when they say it takes like 10 hours exactly. to do something which is something exactly. i you really have to learn how to do even the lowest common denominator job for sure you know i was just in chennai and i was talking to a lot of creators there and i think the big struggle 
and you know maybe you can shed some light on this is they they say that brands don't want to talk to us unless we have a certain number of followers okay um so you know what do i do with that because there's so many people online now and it's hard to build my following or you know the likes don't go up and and so you know when we talk about this this evil algorithm right and then you know and then you always have instagram keeps releasing all these like i love roxy's videos where she's like it's not about the, it's not like we're out to shadow ban you yeah. or get you so what is it about um you know the content and and how do you deal with this algorithm stress you know that that everyone's facing what what can you do to beat that i feel like so every once in a while there's creators talking about how the algorithms messed up right yeah. okay so what are you going to do about it yeah. like are you going to pick the phone on mark zuckerberg and be like no dude this doesn't work in my favor so please change your algorithm to to back as to what it was and that's not going to work out so what you can do is you first stop complaining and whining about it second you need to know that the algorithm is going to change every it probably changes every day we don't know we complain about the algorithm the moment our reach goes down um, right so mm-hmm. what we can do for it is see any platform likes frequency they love the fact that you upload more videos in a week or in a day um, so that's going to be the foundation of any platform the more you upload the more the possible reach you'll get but in saying that do you want to do that as a creator every day are you going to exhaust yourself are you going to burn yourself out if yes absolutely don't do it then your audience will adjust to the frequency that you upload if your content is solid they don't care if you upload once in a month or if you upload once in a year it doesn't matter they will want more of you but they will wait for you they will be loyal towards you so if you're going to just work for the algorithm there's a good chance that your audience may not come there just for you they'll only come because they're being shown your videos but you need to attract the audiences for who you are but isn't it also true that if you overpost sometimes that's also a bad thing yeah it's absolutely yeah. a bad thing right because then your your views per video are declining as well right because in this saturation of your content being put out there Mm, for sure so you guys have done some thing. incredible stuff with like huge brands spotify youtube and academy unpack that journey for me how did you get to a place where you know these two engineers <laughs> who built this brand together what do you think has been your secret sauce honestly uh, i'll tell you how it started like one of my first ever brand deals right i did with ranveer was for 7000 rupees we did with this brand called enerzal which was an energy drink brand um that's the first ever time i tasted that you could make money sitting at home through an online medium yeah. you know there uh, there always used to be these pamphlets at public places where people used to distribute hey you know work from home you'll make 30000 a year and things like that but it always used to be some shady thing like you you'll have to do data entry and jobs like that yeah. but this was my first taste of getting to make money online through a legitimate source working with a very good brand um honestly when i started working in this industry i did not know there is a, a thing called agencies i did not know that brands had pr agencies uh, design agencies communication agencies marketing agencies that they would hire in order to outsource a lot of these duties yeah uh, so i would just directly reach out to the ceos of these companies on linkedin and be like hey this is what influencer marketing is do you want to figure something out and this is back in 2017 when it it was just becoming a thing right uh, so this one time i was just cold emailing brands 
uh, and this this one time I emailed the CEO of Tinder back then okay. because I saw that Tinder was doing a lot of cool things and was open to doing influencer marketing. Mm. Now I uh, didn't really expect a reply, but the CEO of Tinder. She was very adept with replies on LinkedIn, and she immediately connected me to the marketing head of Tinder, and that's how we cracked our first ever big brand deal on YouTube, which was an outbound query. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. Um, there are marketing heads and there are agencies also, so you can't always reach out to the CEO of a company because naturally they might be busy. But this could be a smart way to start working with more brands. So that's how we started approaching more brands. And then again, same, right? Like once you have an identity, there's more people reaching out to you than vice versa. Um, so a lot of the other brands we just got a chance to work with because they were inbound queries. That's awesome. No, and I think it's really incredible. I, I told Ranveer many times. I love that you guys constantly keep adapting. I love that there's the Hindi channels now, yeah. and I think that's super, super important. And you for yourself under Forbes 30 under 30, what was that experience <laughs> like? Parents must be so proud. Uh, <laughs> see the reality of Forbes 30 under 30 is you feel you feel great about it for. Yeah like a day or two and then just sinks in and it's like okay cool what's the next thing we want to go for right so um, I feel like it was just one of those things personally for me I never aspired to be on the list sure uh, like and this is my Instagram post for Forbes also right like I see all these creators and all the people that made it saying you know that seeing things like this was on their manifestation board and oh. They did this and that and I was like, I never aspired it because I never thought I could make it to the list. Mm. Uh, so I just didn't care enough about making it to the list because I was like, okay, I probably am not going to get it. It was fantastic though. It was um, really early in the morning when I got to know about this. One of my friends sent me a link that, hey, what the hell, you're, you're, you're on, on this Forbes. list. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, whoa, yeah. I like I knew we'd applied for this a while ago. Um, and usually the process is that you need to answer a bunch of questions. Right. I feel like I totally nailed those questions. But again, I was like, okay, I've just filled this up now. My task is done. Yeah. I'll move on to the next thing. And that's that's one thing I've just learned in life that uh, don't be too excited about something, right? Okay, like do everything in moderation. You've applied for something cool. If it has to come to you, it will come to you. Don't obsess it, about it. Yeah, yeah. If, if it doesn't, it, it doesn't. It's just okay. This is also my coping mechanism to, you know, prevent myself from having a major heartbreak where it's like, oh shit, I You're didn't so make it wise, to the... Viraj, from the time, <laughs> from your dealing with the relationship, this is really, if you could take a real leaf out of your book. But you guys have done some incredible work, you know, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Priyanka Chopra, Alia Bhatt, Mumbai Indians, the NBA. There must be some, like, really incredible memories that you've, you know, gathered Absolutely. along the way. So tell me about these experiences and what they were like. So a lot of these things looked very out of access to us, right? Like yeah. maybe three years ago, uh, when doing a collaboration with Arnold was like a dream. It's it's Arnold, it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? It's the Terminator himself. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. So when this opportunity came to us, um, what's weird is this is one detail that most people don't know of. We actually got paid for that deal. That's amazing. Usually when you do celebrity collabs, it's like, hey, we're giving you the celebrity. That's you enough. know, just yeah. take yeah. it or leave it. Yeah. Um, but this was a solid opportunity. Uh, we got a fly to South Korea, get him on our podcast and get paid for it. This is like as good a collaboration that, that yeah, it could have been. Uh, but also just working with a lot of these other biggies, like big brands like Manchester City, NBA, you know, folks like Priyanka Chopra. It's... 
it just uh, opens you up to whole different scale the scale at which they operate the way they think the way they run their organizations and units it's just so much for you i always find that so fascinating like even for myself when i one of the first things i'd ever done is i'd gone to like the gillette headquarters or the h&m headquarters and i love that they really instill their value system down to the intern in the office right knows what are the values of the company exactly. and that's so important to you so are there any things that you've learned from these collaborations and experiences that you now apply at monk yeah absolutely honestly for the first 3 to 4 years of the company we were just in survival mode all the time right so it's like okay where's where's the next check coming from where's the next brand deal coming from so um and we were we were only a people uh, like 20 30 people organization so we didn't really focus too much on having values or core values or ethics and all of that right. my ethic simple ethic was okay we're not if we're if we're doing a deal it's going to be absolutely transparent if we make 10 rupees we're going to give x to the creator keep y to us and those terms need to be clear yeah. with the creator from the get go mm. i do not want to take a single penny that we have not already discussed, discussed yeah. with the creator because so i want to make money with them over a period of 5 to 10 years instead of making all the money in the next 3 months mm. that's the only way we're going to be sustainable and have a decent reputation in this market because people talk and why why like cheat at all so that For was sure. the only sort of mm. work ethic that we had but then i realized that you know when these big organizations spoke of culture i always used to think okay i mean this is a big organization thing you know like why does culture matter so much yeah. uh it's like it's the basics right people are going to know about it it's like okay just be a good human and come to work on time surprising how hard that, that is it's so crazy serious. how difficult that is it's i've realized now that okay you need to communicate yeah. what you are thinking to your team at all times and this communication as a skill set and as an ethic is what i've realized is so important because i always used to be that guy who would feel like okay instead of asking someone to do it i do it myself but i'm like okay if you keep doing this viraj you're never going to be able to scale an organization right uh, you you'll keep doing all the jobs yourself um so that's one thing i learned from these folks that they were so um peculiar about their communication they were so specific about the about the way they would communicate i i would always be a little lax about it that hey you know we don't want to be corporate and we don't want to be so formal but i realize that when you scale an organization you have to eventually adopt that because otherwise it, it's just going to all get lost in translation it does especially if you do and the thing is i think one thing i've learned over the years is you can't um you know I, i've never been process driven i think creative people aren't yeah. the process is so important that's but so I, i would cool. love to know about your dynamic with renveers so i work like my ceo is my husband so that's a whole right. different dynamic <laughs> but what's it like working with friends because you know the age old adage is don't work with friends ruins your friendship or hmm. you know so how do you deal with any kind of conflict uh, how do you resolve those i still feel like uh, that's quite true so ranveer and i weren't the thickest of friends mm. we were friends and we had a work dynamic to start yeah. with right so he wasn't my best friend right i still feel like maybe involving your best friend in business may not be the best thing to do because it does create a lot of rift in the friendship because there is going to be naturally a lot of conflict <laughs> with your partner when you're running a long term business so dynamic was such that we were okay friends uh he did introduce me to a lot of vices in college like any senior would uh <laughs> and now that we've all given up but it it's cool it was a cool story to have 
um but uh, i feel like uh, having best friends and being business partners doesn't really work out our dynamic was that we were work friends and we were decent friends and then we started this thing together and we became tighter friends over the journey of yeah. doing business together because it's i mean to an extent it's like going to war right like not physically putting yourself out on a battlefield but yeah. there's just so many internal wars that you're facing with yourself with your partner with your team with clients uh, with competitors uh, at all times that you really need a strong um, partner or co-founder to work with yeah. if you guys don't have enough trust within yourselves i feel like the foundation of it all get shattered completely right and then it comes to a point where it gives you an existential crisis that hey is this all worth it even yeah. if i don't have that one person who i should be absolutely be able to trust if i don't have uh, their back and they don't have mine is this really worth it so yeah. i feel like it's super important for people to just be able to trust with each other conflict is quite easy to resolve because we're quite similar as people initially there was this one point where we would both not communicate our conflicts because we we hated conflicts right we were just not those people at though, all yeah. we were just mm. like okay you know let's just put it under the carpet it yeah. will solve itself and that's the worst thing worst to do thing, that yeah. if that's if there's one tip i would want to give co-founders don't ever put things under the carpet and this is one thing we've also realized right this is a rule that couples usually have but solve your conflicts before don't, you go to sleep don't go to bed mad yeah, yeah. simple just yeah. that's that's and it works it works like magic so mm. it just builds on if you just go to sleep without resolving any of this conflict and you know uh, it builds on it one day that outburst it's waiting to burst mm. out right it and it will not be pretty so avoid it these are small problems that can always be solved with better communication mm. that's how we make things work Absolutely I completely agree with that and I think for me it's that heightened dynamic of being married to the CEO Absolutely and I have unpacked How tell me about lot. that dynamic My how God. does that it's, work You know it's complicated we do uh, realize that we should not ever do the same thing because we're such different people yeah. and then the relationship dynamic does come into that so we are very careful not to overlap and in the times when we do overlap on the same role then there is really mad fireworks <laughs> but that's a good learning experience but you know there's a question that people ask me all the time about platforms and where should I put my content and is linkedin important anymore or does twitter work for me so what is your advice to creators today you know right now it's all about yeah. instagram but you know there was tiktok for a while and there's all these other platforms right. and how do they manage so many platforms and should they even do that i feel like again go primarily with the platform that you enjoy creating on like some creators really just enjoy long form content so they're only on youtube some creators love short form someone like me i love twitter because i'm not a video guy i love just tweeting uh, but again i also do realize that it doesn't scale so if you're professionally doing this know that you will have to be either on youtube or instagram because they're two major platforms for video content creators um so pick which one you like best I feel like Instagram still also has become quite the mandate now to be on because that's really where a lot of the brands are. Mm. Um if you are creating anything short form you have to be on Reels because one it's you get good reach there and two that, that's really where the money's are. Um and both of which you want as a content creator. Um besides that other platforms like Snapchat, LinkedIn, Twitter, things like that totally depends on your liking um if you feel like this is where i can also 
repurpose my content and put it up without being actively uh, available on the platform where I'm producing new form of content there, then go for it. The idea is that you create for one primary platform and then you build on and repurpose for multiple other platforms. That's really good. So my question on repurposing is a lot of people say you shouldn't just copy paste and put the same thing up, right? right? So what is your thought? No, repurpose smartly, right? Again, don't just like copy paste and cut paste and, you know, just change the dimension of it. Also know what works for your audience on a specific platform, right? Um, to give you an example, if you're doing a long form, say podcast, know what clip will actually hook people that are following you on Instagram. And that's how you're going to be able to build your audience on multiple platforms. Uh, what's, what's going to hook your audience on Twitter? Like, for example, you could just ask a question that, hey, this is the guest that I'm bringing on my show. What are the questions that you'd like to ask? And I'm sure there's, there's going to be a ton of engagement for it on Twitter. So uh, be smart about the platforms that you're uploading on. Of course, there's no one size fits all formula. Uh, each platform is different um, than the other. So figure it out accordingly. As someone who loves Twitter, I have to ask you how you feel about the whole Elon Musk uh, <laughs> acquisition, <laughs> if you're allowed to say. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, I feel like Elon is... Uh, a very volatile guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to put it mildly, yes. Yeah, to put it mildly. Uh, and that's that's both good and bad, right? Good from a POV that as a consumer, that's amazing because uh, I'm going to get a lot of uh, features that uh, I want, likely because he's open to feedback that often, right? If he was willing to change a $20 fee to an $8 fee just because of a tweet that someone put out on the platform, um, he is clearly open to feedback and wants to put out things that uh, people actually want and he's a very active CEO um, I mean clearly has to be he's put 44 billion dollars on the yes. line uh, has to recover that with interest the bad part of it of course was like the the way the layoffs happened was horrible mm. um, I, had, I had a few friends working at Twitter and that was just not okay it was like playing uh, it was playing lives, with the lives yeah. like effectively like knowing that hey if you get an email you're on if you don't you're off um, so that that was a, a little that was quite strange honestly but besides that, I think for the platform, I feel like it will be good news because uh, he is, at least from a creator lens, he is trying to make it a super creator-friendly platform because he does realize that it is actually the creators that make or break the platform. Mm. Uh, so I feel like from that lens, this will really work. Awesome. So I have to ask you two questions. One, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? And two, hmm. what do you think is next? What happens to creators from this moment onwards? We're entering 2023 soon. What's going to happen? Mm, if I wasn't doing this, I would probably be doing a management job in the US because I'd actually applied for my master's in the US. Oh, wow. okay. um, thankfully, I didn't get into any of yeah. the universities. I only applied to four of them. Uh, and, you know, life just happened after that. Mm. Um, what's going to happen to creators? I feel like, I mean, so one trend is, of course, creators are looking at deeper partnerships and relationships. Creators have already become investors. Yeah. Uh, creators are also looking at doing more long-term deals, becoming ambassadors of brands instead of just being influencers. And becoming the brands brand. themselves as well. Yeah. Effectively, yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the tagline we like to go with as well, right? Yeah. We're trying to make creators into brands because that's truly what they are. They're like massive personal brands in themselves. But again, how do we sort of tackle the saturation that you know comes with it how do this everyone is a creator today right yeah, like how, how do you separate yourself from the noise and that's how 
we're trying to help them out. So if you're looking to do that, write to us, sign up with us. <laughs> this is a self-plug. But um, I think besides that, uh, creators will have to become a lot more... Um, they'll have to adapt a lot more with the platforms and the al constant algorithm changes that come with it. Mm. Um, so they'll have to be a lot more agile uh, if they weren't already uh, enough of that. But uh, besides that, there will be a few platforms that they will consistently have to be super active on. And that will be more than just one. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, you can't really rely on a platform today. A billionaire buys it, tries, wants to shut it down. You never know. You know, yeah. it's a Chinese app. The government wants to shut it down. You never know. So I feel like uh, just try to diversify into more platforms. Uh, create content that cheers you up uh, and not just your audience up. Um, and also just have a core philosophy behind your content. Uh, have a core genre behind your content because otherwise you will not be able to do this for the longer run. Absolutely. And as an entrepreneur in this uh, field, if you could now go back from all the learnings that you've had, is there anything you would do differently or something that you could advise people on uh, if they want to follow in your footsteps and be in on the agency side of it, working with brands, connecting creators? I feel like there's not much I would have done differently. Um, I would have just trusted more people. That's that's something I would have done. Like I would have delegated more and quick. Um, that's really the one change I would have looked at. But besides that, I feel like every super cliche, but everything that has happened to me in life has led to some kind of learning, which has helped me grow as an individual. Uh, as boring as it sounds, but it, it is what it is. Um, besides that, I feel like... Um, you know, creators just like keep posting content actively. Just, um, you know, stay true to yourself. Don't become someone that you would hate seeing yourself to be online. And that's the only way to uh, sustain this in the long run. Awesome. Thank you so much, Viraj. This has been super insightful. It's always so nice to talk to fellow creators and people who are working in this industry. We're all one big community and that's kind of the goal of the Good Creator Co to bring everyone together and talk about marketing and influencer agencies and how we can help you. So if you have any questions, make sure you drop them in the comment. I'll be back again with Mary, a new episode soon with all sorts of leading uh, agencies and influencers. And if you have any questions, you know where to find us. Thanks for watching and listening. Thanks so much for having me. I mean, what better to be on a podcast with the absolute legend in the media industry. I mean, quite honestly, I've seen Malini's journey and this is what we aspire to be. Like, you are truly a legend in the space who's sustained and stayed relevant through the years. Oh, thank you very much. I think it's literally what you said. It's about adapting, uh, not being afraid to try new things, taking risks, and I think um, trusting people. I think that Absolutely. really... Touched a chord with me. I think I trusted all the right people. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome.